Welcome to a bonus episode of the Encourage podcast. We love sharing new books with you. And today, Encourage Community Manager Becky Keefe talks with one of our favorite authors. Listen as they have a conversation that's sure to encourage your heart, and you'll learn more about a book we love. Well, hello, Encourage. It's Becky Keefe, and I'm so excited to be back with another special episode of Encourage Podcast talking about books we love. And today I am with an author that I love, Jennifer Dukes Lee. Hello, my friend. Hi, Becky. Thanks for having me on the show. I love the podcast anyway, so it's pretty cool to get to be on here. Well, it's pretty cool to get to, I mean, our friends are just listening to our audio here, obviously, but I am looking at your beautiful face all the way here from California. You are in Iowa, and I just love that we can spend this time connecting. Agreed. It's going to be great. Um, well, I have in my hot little hands your hot little new book, friends. I love this title. It is called Stuff I'd Only Tell God. And the subtitle is fantastic. It is a guided journal of courageous honesty, obsessive truth-telling, and beautifully ruthless self-discovery. Oh my goodness, so much good stuff in there. And Jennifer, I know this is different than what you have written before, and I've been impacted by your uh, books for years, little literal years before we ever, you know, met or were, you know, co-writers at Encourage. Um, and you've written about identity and being pre- be, being pre-approved in Christ and about happiness and growing slow. And you've written Bible studies, but stuff I'd only tell God is different. So tell us why it's so different. And also like, where did this, where did this come from? Why this guided journal? Absolutely. So yes, it is so different. Um, Most of my books are like typical trade books, which are books with 55,000 words and you read them chapter by chapter. And then there's an accompanying Bible study that helps you apply spiritual truths to your life. And then along comes this guided journal thing, unlike anything I've ever done before. And quite honestly, there's just not a lot like it in the marketplace anyway. It's just a really unique kind of book. And I like to say that, um, you know, that saying that you lose yourself in some books and you find yourself in others. Well, this is definitely a find yourself kind because you will literally find yourself in stuff I don't tell God. I am hardly in the book. I introduce myself, I tell why I wrote this journal, and then I back out of the room and then it's just you and God hashing it out and talking about things and laughing and exploring and dreaming. You go through um, your past, your present, your future. There's a fun little section in the middle called Me and My Weird Ways where I ask you all kinds of goofy and whimsical questions about your personality and your likes and your dislikes and the things that make you, you. And then um, you move on to your future and you think about what do you want your future to look like? What do you think heaven will be like? So we're talking like eternal future too. And so it was so fun to create. And the reason I created it is because I have been um, a question asker all my life. Mom says that um, when I was a little kid, I was always like, why, why, how, how? And it made sense that I became a news reporter. I asked questions all the time and that was my job. And I um, 
I would ask other people questions, but I wasn't very good about exploring and asking questions of myself. And mm. um, I, it's almost like I turned the reporter's notebook around and started asking myself questions. And it was in that process that I really came to understand myself. And just as important, really more important was that it's how I came to understand who God was. Because for my early adulthood years, I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in Jesus. Mm. I mean, it's like I didn't even believe in the existence of Jesus. I wanted to, but I didn't. And so when I started to interrogate the Bible in the same way that I interrogated news sources, I came to discover um, who God is. And it it blew my mind. And I encountered a God who was not intimidated by questions, but in fact, embraced them. And then because God is God, he had a lot of questions for me. So Mm. I took a lot of those questions over the years, really over a lifetime, um, serious, deep questions about worries and fears and how, why you believe things and why you don't believe things the way you do anymore. And it's like a judgment-free zone. Like, I have this section that says, um, these are the Bible verses that give me hope. These are the Bible verses that scare me. Mm. And um, I don't have a little happy bow at the end of that page that says, oh, but friend, don't be scared of those Bible verses. This is what God, you know, I just don't do that. Like you say what you need to say before God and you and God can work all that out. This is literally um, your story, your journal with God. I'm just uh, the person who put the questions down on paper. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And I love that as you are wired, you know, from the time that you were a child all the way through, you know, as a professional reporter, that you are wired to ask these questions. And I think that there's probably someone out there today listening, Jennifer, who needed to hear you say, like, God isn't put out, put off mm-hmm. by questions. Um that there's not like you don't lose your good Christian, you know, gold star for saying like, God, I don't, I don't understand this or I don't see where you are in this. No, if anything, I think like what I have discovered in, in my, you know, quote, interrogation of the Bible is that, that God wants our raw, honest, real selves. He actually already knows it all anyway, yep. but, um, there's a there's a deepening of intimacy when we choose because it's a choice when we choose to trust him with our you know beautiful ruthless honesty um like like you say um i love that you help kind of the, the user of this guided journal kind of prepare our hearts. And you say that in step one, that we need two things. You say, commit to ruthless honesty and generous compassion. When you combine these two virtues, you end up with a more complete and charitable view toward yourself and others. So ruthless honesty and generous compassion I know that sometimes you have um, not been ruthlessly honest with yourself or God. Like you've been like maybe like stingily honest, like just like give a little bit. Like what does this commitment to ruthless honesty, what what has that done for, you know, you've said it's helped you discover who you are and really like who God is. Can you give us a taste of like 
what that has looked like or how that has shifted um, something in your faith for you? So um, even in my adulthood, there have been points in my life where I've kind of been half truthful with God. Um, I was at a retreat and it was a weekend long retreat and a pastor passed around these tiny little pieces of paper that we were to write like our burdens and sins and just anything that stood in the way with a relationship with God. And I looked at that piece of paper and I thought I need, um, like a whole notebook or something because I have a lot of stuff that is in the way. Um, but I didn't even fill up one side of the paper because I didn't want to see with my own two eyes what had st- what I had done, first of all, and what had hurt me in the past. And then I also just didn't feel comfortable getting that honest with God. It wasn't that I was worried about people because we we told we were told and I believed that nobody was going to look at those things. Um, so I would like write down initials for different things. Like, oh, I'll just put this initial down. And it's because I I just didn't want to face it. And um, I don't know. It's like it's like I didn't know if God could really love me with that big of a mess in front of him, which is so incredibly anti-gospel. That is not who he is. Christ died for our sins because of our sins. And here I was um, being half honest, thinking that it somehow disqualified me. Uh, but over time of getting, you know, continually and deepening that level of honesty with him through Bible studies, through personal journaling, through journaling on the margins of my Bible, all those kinds of things have brought me to a deeper place um, of knowing God. And then I see what the payoff is. I see how I heal on the inside from being honest. I I invite God into those places. It um, deepens intimacy with the Lord and it helps me see how he's been faithful uh, over time. So that's the that's the huge, huge benefit of being honest with him about everything. Yeah. And it sounds like that you then also probably grew in that generous compassion towards yourself from that place of feeling like I can't even face this. Like this is just too ugly, too much to then when we are willing to say like, this is where I've been or who I've been or what I've done. And I would imagine that kind of walking through these questions that you are now providing for others has been like helping you see yourself through God's eyes of love and compassion. And that is who God is. Like that's one of my favorite things about God that he says it is very nature that his name is Yahweh, that the Lord is compassionate and gracious. Compassionate is the very first thing that he ties his nature and character to. So why do you think it's hard for women, especially to be self-compassionate, to be generously compassionate towards themselves? I think that we, um, along the way, we look back on our lives and think if I'd only done this, or I wish I wouldn't have done that, or this choice I made is, you know, I'm now paying the consequences for that. But I think there's a whole different way to look at that. I I sometimes now have, um, through this process of going through stuff, I don't like tell God through this process of journaling. I look back on previous versions of Jennifer and see how risks and courageous things that she's done, things that took a lot of courage, like saying, no, I'm not going to take that job, or I need to get out of that relationship, or I need to make a change. I need to move. I mean, I think about all of these big and little things that I did along the way that benefited future Jennifer 
And my hope is that people that go through the process will see that for themselves. I have all kinds of space for people to do that. For instance, you write a letter to your younger self. And what I've seen happen when men and women write those letters is that they are not, they don't, they don't try to be critical. They aren't critical of their previous versions. They tend to show mm-hmm. compassion. Like they aren't told to do that. It's just what they do. When you, it, just in the same way that when you would write a, a letter to one of your sons, you would do so with compassion. And so right. that that's the result of writing that particular letter. I just don't think most people are going to come to that page and be like, why did you do that? Why, you know, why right. did you make those decisions? Instead, you, you, you will say thank you for these things that you did. Also, don't worry too much about X, Y, and Z because it turns out better than you know. Yeah. Yeah. What is one of your favorite questions in Stuff I'd Only Tell God? Oh, it's like picking a favorite child, isn't it? Um, right. <laughs> well, there's so, there's so many different kinds of questions. There's some that are deeply serious, and then there are some that are um, kind of whimsical and <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, but like some that are my favorite are, um, there's a section called Conversations with Jesus, where I went through the scriptures and looked up every question that Jesus asked throughout the Gospels, and I picked about 12 of them. So there are things like, do you want to get well? Or why did you doubt me? Or what can I do for you? And you have an opportunity to answer those questions. So I think that's going to be really interesting for people to have that kind of conversation with Jesus. But then on the flip side, there are some really seri- silly ones up next to the serious ones. Like if you were an action figure and a toy manufacturer created you with three accessories, what would those three accessories be? Or okay, so now, yeah. you have, now you have to answer that. Okay. Right okay. What would, what oh man. I know. I, 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 these change all the time. One would be my Hoka shoes. I love the, those things. I'm wearing them all the what time. Hoka shoes. Hoka's H-O-K-A. They're, um, yeah. running shoes or walking shoes. Um, they're, they've got great support, super comfortable. Oh. Yeah. Love them. And, um, another would be a fishing pole because I, I love fishing. I love walleye fishing. I love bass fishing, whatever. That's just part of it. And then another one would be, oh, my Rydell. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Wine glasses. They're just a a nice wine glass that is really thin and lovely. I think that's what I would pick today. (laughs) How about you? I love it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, uh, A pillow. Because uh, I believe that napping is uh, is 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 a superpower and helps me to be at at my best. <laughs> Has there ever been an action figure that comes with a pillow? I don't think so. I think <laughs> the Becky Keith action figure would be um, a first. Um, I would have um, a cup because I always like to have a beverage. Tea, coffee, yep. water, iced tea, sparkling water. I don't care. Just give me the hydration. <laughs> um <laughs> And ooh, number three. Oh, I would say a camera because I love capturing the moments and the beauty around me. Ah, that's so good. Love those. (laughs) Okay, so and and Jennifer, I I love that you gave us kind of those examples because this really reflects, I think, who you are and some of the things that I love about you. And you're like giving us this like gift in this guided journal of, 
of holding space for both the deep and the spiritual over the things that we wrestle with, whether it's, you know, from our past or fears as we look to the future, and then also making space for the weird and for the whimsical. And I think that, that God is both a God who is well acquainted with sorrow. He understands like the pain of our humanity. And yet he also is a God of, of, of joy and delight and, and beauty. So anyhow, I, I am all for it. I'm all for thinking deeply about the people who have impacted my life and writing that letter to, to my younger self and also saying, no, no, I would not survive a zombie apocalypse. So <laughs> this surprises me about you. Yeah. That's the, that's the number. That's the first question on a section called yes or no. And it's a bunch of kind of silly questions like that. Um, so you think yeah. you think of me as someone who would survive? Yes. Look at you. You have oh. outdoor skills. Like you, you guys, you you know, make your way up those trails. You've got these strong people in your life. You know what? See, like, the, like, have you watched Walking Dead? Which, by the way, listener, I am not recommending that. I had to stop watching that show. But that's no, I have not seen well, it. Well, don't. But that's how I know I would survive. Because okay. I well, know how I say, zombies say, work. Oh, you know, I, I don't know. know. Well, I, I say that jokingly because like my husband is like the most like resourceful, like he could survive through anything. And the joke in our house is like, he is like street smart and I am book smart. But like when it comes to like common sense life skills. Like I don't have as many as he does. And so we always just like, or like I don't do as well in like stressful situations. So it's kind of like a joke. Like if something, you know, catastrophic were to happen, I'll just, you know, I'm like, just take the kids, leave me. I'll be dead weight. So anyhow, (laughs) but no, I have confidence. I think that I could survive, but let's, let's decide that that's never going to happen. Let's decide that. Yes. But see, this is the weird rabbit trails that we go down when I have uh, guests over for dinner, um, which is the inspiration for a lot of my <laughs> weird questions in here. They are things that over the years, I'm like, okay, all right, guys, would you survive a, a, a zombie apocalypse? Okay, guys, what would your dream last meal be? Which, oh, this is this sounds so morbid, but that question is one that I asked after I, I had to uh, cover actually a federal execution. And one of the things that Americans clearly have an obsession about is what is the last meal of the person who was executed. And so, yeah, there's actually a whole list of, in the New York Times, they have published all of the last meals of executed people. And um, so I'm always curious, what are, what's your favorite last meal? Or if there's one song that were to play every time you walked into a room for the rest of your life, what would it be? One song. Wow. One song. Mm -hmm. Okay, friends. So if you want to know what Jennifer Dukes Lee would ask you if you were having dinner at her house, that itself is motivation (laughs) to go get a copy of Stuff I'd Only Tell God. Um, Okay, last question, Jennifer. I have so many more for you. But one thing I love asking um, authors on the show is, what did you learn new about God or yourself through the writing of this book, because I know that obviously like you had already kind of gone through this journey, um, you know, before starting this project, but I know that God is always getting at our hearts in, in different ways. And so just, yeah, 
Well, what did you learn about yourself or God through the writing of this book? Well, I want to say that of everything that I've written over the years, this was the most fun to write. It just Mm. poured out. It's a lot easier to write a guided journal than it is a trade book for sure. But it was so fun just to put it together. And it reminded me of how fun God is. Like, we don't, we just take ourselves so seriously as, as people of faith. When Jesus had a sense of humor, clearly God has a sense of humor. And, um, I, I allowed myself to explore that a little bit in my writing. I took risks that I haven't taken before. And, um, I think that's one of the reasons it's being so well received is because it is such a, a mix. And it's like, yeah, as a Christian, we can talk about this. Like we can really talk about this. Yes. Because God and I talked about every question in here and, um, it was just, it was just so fun. So I thank the Lord for being able to just be creative with him and, um, make things that, that make people laugh and make people think and make people feel better about God and moving forward. Jennifer, tell us where people can find uh, this book and connect more with you. Well, you can find Stuff I'd Only Tell God at um, Amazon or wherever you like to get your books. I'm on Instagram at Jennifer Dukesley and also at Stuff I'd Only Tell God. It's a brand new Instagram page and we're having a blast over there going through the different questions. I'm also at Jennifer Dukesley on Facebook. Awesome. Well, friend, such a delight to talk with you. I know that this guided journal is going to be a gift to so many. I can't wait to go through it myself. Um, and friends, this week, um, if you missed it, head over to encourage.me slash blog. We'll put the link in the show notes. Um, and Jennifer has um, an article up all about stuff I'd only tell God. Um, so you're definitely going to want to check that out. Thanks for being here, friends. The Encourage podcast is narrated by Rachel Marie Kong and brought to you by Dayspring. For over 50 years, Dayspring has created quality cards, books, and gifts that help you live your faith. Find out more at dayspring.com.